a big moment, as Jason said. Es un gran momento, como dijo Jason. And uh, I'm so glad, again, for those families 25 years ago. Could we have envisioned this? I don't think so. We didn't see what God was going to do. We continue to plant seeds for new churches, for new pastors, for new leaders, for new disciples, and we do that through also our children. Our children in worship ministry is for boys and girls up to fifth grade, and we want to send them out right now. We also have an infant and toddler nursery in the back. For mothers who are nursing, we have a mom and me room, which is through those doors, and a hard left. Uh, so we want to bless our children. Queremos bendecir a los niños para que vayan en el tiempo de niños en adoración para niños hasta quinto grado y van a estar en buenas manos allí aprendiendo de la palabra de Dios. The rest of us are going to be uh, diving into God's word here on this first Sunday in June. And I'd like to invite you to turn, if you have a Bible present, <clears throat> turn with me to the book of Acts. Again, we're in the book of Acts Chapter 26, what I'd like to do is read verses 13 through 20. Quisiera leer Hechos, capítulo 26, versículos 13 al 20. There are page numbers, I think, up there that are keyed to the Bibles in the back. La página indica donde está en las Biblias de atrás. What we have here in this part that I'm going to read is a testimony from the early church leader Paul. Es un testimonio de Pablo. He's sharing his faith. He's under arrest for his faith. Pablo está bajo arresto por su fe, and he is giving this testimony to someone called King Agrippa. We'll say more about that in a, in a while. Está testificando ante el rey Agrippa. So I want to read this first in Spanish, and, and while I'm doing that, if you're an English speaker, you can kind of get familiar with what the English says. Voy a leer en español y después en inglés. So again, words from Paul, but this is under the inspiration of the Spirit. It's recorded for us, and therefore this is the Word of God. Son palabras de Pablo. Inspirados al Espíritu Santo y son la palabra de Dios. Dice Pablo lo siguiente. A, a eso del mediodía oré mientras iba por el camino vi una luz del cielo más refulgente que el sol que con su resplandor nos envolvió a mí y a mis acompañantes. Todos caímos al suelo y yo oí una voz que me decía en arameo, Saulo, Saulo, ¿por qué me persigues? ¿Qué sacas con darte cabezazos contra la pared? Entonces pregunté, ¿quién eres, Señor? Yo soy Jesús. A quien persigues, me contestó el Señor. Ahora ponte en pie y escúchame. Me ha parecido a ti con el fin de designarte siervo y testigo de lo que has visto de mí y de lo que te voy a revelar. Te libraré del propio pueblo, te libraré de tu propio pueblo y de los gentiles. Te envío a estos para que les abras los ojos y se conviertan de las tinieblas a la luz, del poder de Satanás a Dios a fin de que por la fe mía reciban el perdón de los pecados y la herencia entre los santificados. Así que reagripa, no fui desobediente a esa visión celestial, al contrario, comenzando con los que estaban en Damasco, siguiendo con los que estaban en Jerusalén y en toda Judea y luego con los gentiles, a todos les prediqué que se arrepintieran y se convirtieran a Dios y que demostraran su arrepentimiento con sus buenas obras. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you, 
to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Well, this is such a great day of celebration. I can't tell you how excited I am for this day. Es un día, un gran día de celebración. Uh, we're celebrating, of course, what our graduates have achieved, uh, what they've done. Celebramos los logros en nuestros graduados. But we're not just celebrating what they've done. Okay, we need to be clear about that. Uh, we're also celebrating with our graduates what's in front of them. Estamos celebrando lo que está por delante. Did you know why they call graduation ceremonies commencements? You ever heard that? A commencement? A commencement literally means a beginning, not an end. Una ceremonia de graduación significa un comienzo. And so when you go to a commencement ceremony, you're really not celebrating as much that a person has accomplished something and gotten a diploma, but you're celebrating it's the beginning now of a whole new stage of a whole new chapter of learning. And la ceremonia se abre un nuevo capítulo de aprendizaje. Why? Because you see the learning in life, it never stops, does it? No se para el aprendizaje. There's an old saying, don't know if you've heard of it, but it, I think it is true. And the saying goes like this. Learning is like rowing upstream. Not to advance is to go backwards or to drop back. Hay un refrán, aprender es como remar contra corriente, no avanzar es retroceder. In other words, we're living in a world where there is constantly new information coming at us, new knowledge coming at us. It's like the, the, the current of a rushing, raging river, like that river that's coming down the mountain right now from the Sierras. Hay más información que viene en nuestra contra como, como un río, la corriente de un río. And, and that river of information is constantly coming against us. And if we don't try to swim upstream, if we don't try to, to grasp onto that and engage that new information, we're going to drift backwards in our knowledge of the world. Si no abrazamos esa nueva información, vamos para atrás en nuestro conocimiento. In other words, to stand still is to go backwards. Mantenerse en mismo lugar es retroceder. Now, I think that's not only true when it comes to school, when it comes to learning things. I think that's also something we could say is true in our walk with God. Así que es con la escuela, pero también con nuestro camino con Dios. To stand still in our walk with God, in effect, is to go backwards. It's to, it's to drift back. Estar en el mismo lugar con Dios es, es ir para atrás. Now, we just read, as I said before, the testimony of the early church leader, Paul. Vimos el testimonio de Pablo. He's before a man by the name of King Agrippa. Who's King Agrippa? Well, King Agrippa, I learned a little bit here, 
was the great-grandson of King Herod, the same King Herod who tried to kill Jesus when he was born. Agrippa era bisnieto de Herodes, el mismo que quiso matar a Jesús cuando nació. So Paul's under arrest, and he comes before the great-grandson of King Herod, King Agrippa, and he shares with him his story, his walk with God. Pablo le comparte su historia con Dios. And the story of Paul, if you think about it, is the story of a man who was caught up in the current of being a successful Jewish leader, of being a rabbi, of being a Pharisee, uh, of being someone who was at the top of his game in terms of learning and knowledge of God. Pablo estuvo arrebatado en la corriente de ser un, un líder judío exitoso, un fariseo. In fact, in Acts 26, verse 9, if we go a little bit before what we read, Paul talks about this. Pablo habla de eso en versículo 9. He says, I was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Estaba convencido de que debía hacer todo lo posible por combatir el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret. And then in verse 11, he says, many a time I went from synagogue to synagogue to have them, that is Christians, punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting Christians that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. Muchas veces anduve de sinagoga en sinagoga castigándolos a los cristianos para obligarlos a blasfemar. Mi obsesión contra ellos, contra ellos me llevaba al extremo de perseguirlos incluso en ciudades del extranjero. So you see, the entire flow of Paul's life The entire current of Paul's life was involved in opposing Jesus, opposing Jesus' followers. La corriente de su vida estaba en contra de Jesús y sus seguidores. Why? Because he believed that by going against Jesus, by going against his followers, he was going for God. Pensaba ir en contra de Jesús para ir con Dios. But then as he's on his way to one of these foreign cities, the city of Damascus, which is in a foreign country, en camino a una de esas ciudades del extranjero, all of that changes. He is stopped dead in his tracks by a light and a voice that comes from heaven above. Se detiene por una voz y una luz del cielo. And he soon discovers that that light and that voice that's speaking to him is none other than the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Esa luz y voz es de Jesús. In Acts 26 verse 14, he describes how he and his companions fall to the ground before this blazing light from heaven, caen al suelo, and Jesus speaks to Paul And he calls him by his Hebrew name, Saul. Se dirige a Pablo Jesús, llamándolo Saulo. And he says, Saul, Saul, why? Why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. ¿Por qué me persigues? Que sacas con darte cabezazos contra la pared. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. What in the world is that talking about? Que sacas con darte cabezazos contra la pared. What it's saying is it's hard for you to go against the proddings. It's hard for you to go against the pokings. Es difícil dar cosas contra el aguijón. It's hard for you, Saul, Paul, to go against the current. Es difícil para que vayas en contra de la corriente. What's Jesus talking about? 
It's hard for you to go against the proddings of what? The pokings of what? The current of what? En contra del aguijón de qué? La corriente de qué? The current of God. Jesus is saying you're going against the current of God. Vas en contra de la corriente de Dios. Again, as I said before, Paul thought that by going against Jesus, he was going with God. Pensaba que ir en contra de Jesús era estar con Dios. But now, all of a sudden, this light shines upon his life to show him it's actually the opposite. And he learns that by opposing Jesus and opposing his followers, he's actually opposing God. Está oponiéndose a Jesús y también a Dios. Normally, when a light and a voice comes from heaven, you figure, right? That's got to be God. Si una luz viene del cielo es de Dios. And so what does he say? Who are you, Lord? ¿Quién eres tú, Señor? And the shock of his life comes when he learns the Lord, God, is Jesus whom you are persecuting. El Señor es Dios. Jesús a quien él persigue. So, what is Paul supposed to do? What do you do with this when the whole flow of your life has been going one way and now you realize it's the wrong way? Okay, I say. Well, in Acts 26, verse 16, Jesus speaks to Paul and he says, Get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen and will see of me. Ponte en pie, escúchame, me ha parecido a ti con el fin de designarte siervo y testigo de lo que has visto de mí y de lo que te voy a revelar. What is Jesus telling him to do? Get up and repent. You're going against the current of God, you got to get up and go with God. Hay que cambiar la corriente de tu vida. Jesus calls Paul to change the flow of his life, to reverse the flow. Jesús le, le llama a revertir el flujo de su vida. Paul's going in the direction of being a persecutor of Jesus, a persecutor of the church. And now Jesus says, I'm going to appoint you a servant of Jesus and a witness of Jesus, a servant of the church, a witness of the church. Antes era perseguidor de Jesús, ahora es un siervo y un testigo de Jesús y su iglesia. Now, uh, as I did a little digging here, I discovered that this word servant is not your ordinary garden variety word for servant in the original language here. La palabra siervo no es la palabra ordinaria aquí. The word servant in the original language of the book of Acts literally means an under rower. See if I can explain that. Siervo es uno, un remero de la parte inferior. An under rower. It, it refers to, if you can get the picture, if you've seen these old movies, it refers to the slaves that are in the bottom of an ancient galley ship. That's those ships with the big oars, okay? So it's the guys in chains down in the bottom who are straining, pulling at the oars in order for the big galley ship to advance against the waves and the breakers of the sea. Son los esclavos en la parte inferior que, que reman para que una galera, un barco de remos avance contra las olas y las ondas. Jesus is saying, I'm calling you to be an under rower of the gospel, a servant 
a, a minister of my message. Eres un remero de la parte inferior, un siervo de mi mensaje. Notice, it's not an invitation to a place of glamour. It's not an invitation to a place of privilege. No es un puesto de lujo o privilegio. It's a calling to a place of service. Es un lugar de servicio. It's a place of service to Jesus. It's a place of service to the church. It's a place of service to believers, to unbelievers, to Jews, to Gentiles. Wherever you go, Paul, you're going to be rowing and you're going to be showing people who I am. Es un lugar de servicio a Jesús, su iglesia, creyentes, no creyentes, judíos, gentiles, sea lo que sea. And I think here we have something that is worth applying to us. It's a picture of what the Christian life is supposed to be like. Esa es la imagen de la vida cristiana. To be a follower of Jesus Christ is to reverse the flow of your life, the current of your life. You're going in one direction. You flip, you reverse the flow, and then it is to get on board with Jesus and then to submit to his orders and to begin rowing in his direction, going in his way, as his servant, as his person. Ser seguidor de Jesús es revertir el flujo de tu vida, subir a bordo con Jesús y empezar a remar en su dirección. We're not invited to a cruise ship to hang out and have fun. The Christian life is a life of service, of following hard after Jesus. Somos invitados no a un crucero, sino algo más, a servicio. It's not easy. If someone ever gave you the idea that being a Christian is easy, they were wrong. If I ever gave you that idea, I apologize. La vida cristiana no es nada fácil. It's not easy. Why? Because you're rowing against the current of the world. Está remando en contra del mundo. You're going against the, the waves and the breakers, and it can be hard. Puede ser difícil remar en contra de la corriente del mundo. But, but here's the deal. Being on the Jesus ship may not be easy, but it is incredibly good. Es bueno estar en el barco de Jesús. Why? Well, first of all, you got the best captain. Jesus is the captain of the ship. Jesús es el capitán de la, del barco. The, the, the ship is, is his church, his people. And this ship is bound for glory. This ship is bound for an incredible destination. Este barco está rumbo a la gloria, es su iglesia. This is the ship of Jesus' mission in the world. The ship of the great co-mission, which is to grow and row into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's the mission. Es la misión de ir a todo el mundo y hacer discípulos de todas las naciones. And the captain of the ship is the one who's done the heaviest rowing of all. Why? Because when we were out to sea, drowning in the waves of sin and of Satan and of death, when we were sinking, he came rowing to us. 
Jesús vino a nosotros remando cuando estábamos ahogando del pecado en el océano del pecado and the captain of the ship died for his crew and he rose for his crew you got the best captain right tenemos el mejor capitán el murió resucitó por su, su tripulación and here's the promise the captain will never abandon ship he will never abandon you nunca te va a abandonar he's never going to throw you overboard no te va a echar fuera he's, he's not going to just leave you to be shipwrecked somewhere no te va a dejar a un naufragio he says I'll be with you always by my spirit I'll be with you always That's a beautiful picture of the Christian life, right? Qué gran imagen de la vida cristiana. Él está con nosotros siempre. Now, when Paul's eyes become open to this, when he realizes what he is being called to, the good, the bad, and the ugly, how can he say no? ¿Cómo puede decir que no, Pablo? Look at verse uh, 19. He says, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Así que reagripa no fui desobediente a esa visión celestial. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and Judea, and then to the Gentiles, I preached that they should repent, turn to God, reverse the flow of their lives, and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Comenzando con los en Damasco, después Jerusalén y Judea, a los gentiles, a todos les prediqué que se arrepintieran y se convirtieran a Dios, que re, re, reviertan el flujo de su vida. So when Paul realizes what he's being called to and invited to, he climbs on board. And he becomes an under-roar. Se hace un remero de la parte inferior. Now I said this is a beautiful image of the Christian life, and I really do believe it is, but I also think this is an incredible image of what ministry is all about. This is an image of what being a pastor is all about. Es una imagen de lo que es un un ministro, un pastor. And so I hope you won't mind if just for a few minutes here I'm going to direct some things to Martin and to Greg, Pastor Martin and Pastor Greg. But I want you to overhear it because I do think it's for you as well. Voy a dirigir unas palabras a Pastor Greg y Pastor Martin. Martin and Greg, I hope you know you are called to be under rowers in the church of Jesus Christ. Son llamados para ser remeros de la parte inferior. You're called to be under rowers. That means you're called to the bottom deck. Están en la cubierta inferior. And ministry you need to know, and I think you already do know, I'm sure you do, ministry is grunt work. Right? Es duro trabajo en ministerio. It's not a position of glitz. It's not a position of glamour. No es un, un puesto de privilegio. No, why? Because in ministry, in pastoring, I can, I can truly give testimony to this. You're always going against the current. You're going against the current of the world. You're going against the current of the flesh. You're going against the current of the devil in your own life and in other people's lives. Está remando en contra de la corriente del mundo, el, la carne, el diablo. And it's hard rowing at times. It's not easy. And yet, like Paul, as pastors, you're called to invite other people to reverse the flow of their lives and get on board with Jesus. 
Estás llamando a las personas como pastores a que las personas cambien el flujo de su vida y suben a bordo con Jesús. You don't belong on the top deck. We don't. We don't belong in the top deck playing shuffleboard and sipping piña coladas, okay? That, in easy chairs, right? That's not our place. Nuestro lugar no es la cubierta superior, jugando el tejo, bebiendo piña colada en un sillón. No. You're called to the bottom deck. And what are you doing down there as a pastor? You're straining for people to grow in Christ. Estás esforzándose para que crezcan las personas en Cristo. You're, you're, you're straining and you're rowing hard for people to get to understand God's word for them. Quieres ayudarlos a comprender la palabra de Dios. You're not only pulling for people to grow, you're pushing for them to grow. You're pushing for them to, to flee from sin and temptation and distraction. Estás empujando para que las personas huyan del pecado y la tentación. And, and in that, you're always praying because you're not in control. You're praying for God to get a hold of people when they get distracted. You're, you're, you're always loving people. You're always hoping for the best. And in my case, you're always hoping that you don't get in the way. It's hard. Difícil. But I can tell you guys, There's no better place on the Jesus ship to be. There's no better place. No hay mejor lugar en el barco de Jesús. Why? Because the learning never stops. Nunca para el aprendizaje. You never stop learning. And the waves and the breakers are going to beat against you. Yeah, it's going to be tough. There'll be days where you feel like you could be knocked over with a feather. Las olas te van a batir. But here's the cool thing that I've learned in this is when the waves beat against you, it creates a refreshing spray. And that refreshing spray is God's grace, his love, his promises, his presence. El rocío de Dios de las olas que baten en contra de nosotros es su gracia. The church is a community of people who are called to reverse the flow of their lives and row against the current and then call other people to do the same. That's what the church is. Somos una comunidad de personas que reman contra el corriente y llaman a los otros a subir a bordo. And Jesus is the captain of the ship. He's in charge. He, you know, he wants people to do that. He wants to call people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, and Jesus is in charge of that. And thank God, he's the one who changes people. Jesús llama a las personas de las tinieblas a luz del poder de Satanás a Dios. Pastors, we're just under rowers. Rowing under Captain Jesus. Solo somos remeros de la parte inferior. So, Greg and Martin, thank you for not being disobedient to the vision from heaven. Gracias por ser obedientes a la visión celestial. I thank you for doing that and for responding. And if I have any word of encouragement, it would be this. Keep rowing. Keep growing. Que sigan remando y aprendiendo. Why? Because not to learn is to drift back. Not to grow is to drift back. 
no crecer es ir para atrás. I can think of no better encouragement uh, to give to our pastors today and to all of us than what the early church leader Paul gives to a young pastor named Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Segunda Timoteo 4, Pablo da una palabra de ánimo. And this is a word of encouragement for all of us. Uh, Greg Martin, if you want to check out some great advice for pastoring, 2 Timothy 4, the whole chapter is really full of it. Uh, but here's what it says. The first couple of verses, uh, Paul says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. En presencia de Dios y de Cristo Jesús que ha de venir en su reino y juzgará a los vivos a los muertos, te doy este solemne encargo. Predica la palabra. Persiste en hacerlo sea o no sea oportuno. Corrige, reprende y anima con mucha paciencia sin dejar de enseñar. Then in verse 5 it says, Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Sé prudente en todas las circunstancias. Soporta los sufrimientos. Dedícate a la evangelización. Cumple con los deberes de tu ministerio. That's my hope and prayer for both of you. And really, I believe that God's word this morning is calling graduates. God's word is calling new pastors. God's word is calling all of us. La palabra de Dios nos llama a todos hoy. Calling us to answer the call, to answer the voice of Jesus, the light of Jesus. And that means we will be going against the current of the world. But to go against that is to go with him. Dios nos llama a todos a, a contestar su llamado e ir con la corriente de Jesús. It's about that, really. It's about reversing the flow. It's about following Jesus and remembering always he's the captain. He knows best. So revertir el flujo y seguir a Jesús, el capitán que sabe lo mejor para nosotros. I want to invite us at this moment to confess what it means to be on the Jesus ship. And I would like us to stand and recite what is called the Apostles' Creed. Vamos a recitar el credo de los apóstoles. I'm going to invite Pastor Martín up front here to help me with the Spanish. This is our statement of faith. This is the charter of what we believe. Es nuestra declaración de fe. If you believe it, I invite you to recite it with us. We'll do it in English and in Spanish at the same time. People of God, what is your faith? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then he shall come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy and universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord God, we thank you this morning for this special day. Gracias por este día especial. Thank you that there's always more to learn of you, Jesus. You are so big in your love, in your truth, in your justice, in your grace, in your mercy, in your guidance. You are so almighty and all-knowing and all-present. We can never get to the bottom of you. You are like the, the bottom of the ocean. We can never get there. There's just so much. Gracias, Señor, que eres tan profundo, tan grande en tu amor, en tu, en tu carácter, tan profundo. Lord Jesus, this week, help us to go with you, to go in the flow of what you have for us, even and especially if that means we stick out against the world in a way that maybe doesn't make sense. But to you it does. Ayúdanos a ir con tu corriente esta semana, aunque esté en contra del mundo. Lord God, I, I pray for our graduates again. We thank, God, thank you for them. We thank you for Pastors Greg and Martin. I thank you for each person here. There are many needs in our midst. There are people in our midst who are rejoicing. There are some who are mourning, some who are depressed and struggling some who are fearful, some who are hopeful. You meet us each at our need, Jesus, and I pray that you will do that. Hay personas en diversas condiciones esta mañana y pido, Señor, que te encuentres con cada uno según su necesidad. In the end, we pray, be glorified. Jesus, shine forth that the world may know you. Pedimos que seas glorificado para que el mundo te conozca. We ask these things not because we are worthy, but because you are. In the name, above every name we pray, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oramos. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 Let's sing his praises together. <laughs>